0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 466.
1: Don't sit around, just get out there and start doing something. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah.
0: I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Austin Cabot. Austin, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I sure am. You know, we got the harnesses on, the Hans device on. Hopefully, we won't need any of it, but uh, <laughs> at least we're we're held in place for now.
0: Well, good. I'll do my best to keep it between the rails and out of the ditch, all right?
1: That sounds great.
0: All right. Austin Cabot is the editor at TrackTuned, a website and podcast founded by drivers for drivers. Austin has a long pedigree of hobby addiction, including but not limited to photography, travel, driving, people, and, of course, cars. Essentially everything that's needed for TrackTuned.com to work. Helping others learn to go fast on the track and sharing the amazing sport of auto racing is what he is so passionate about. And Austin recently began coaching at the Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta. I am jealous of that. He's the director of partnerships and lead instructor for a new automotive lifestyle event called Gridlife and has his own website named Track Tuned. And of course, as I mentioned, his podcast, they're both aimed at track day and autocross enthusiasts. So, Austin, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about what you're doing these days and, of course, your passion for automobiles and getting out on the track?
1: Thanks, Mark. You know, it's an honor to come on your show. Long before I ever started uh, on this road that I'm on or, you know, starting my own podcast, I was a fan of your show and and listened quite frequently. Well, thank you. You know, as you mentioned, I uh, am kind of on an automotive journey right now. We have a, a lot of different things going on. I left the corporate world back in August last year uh, and kind of wanted to strike out and kind of go and see what all I could do in the automotive industry. So uh, through that, you know, lots of different doors opened. Uh, just it's been amazing just being able to put myself out there, seeing what kind of I could catch and. Luckily, right now, we're, we're catching a lot of stuff. So,
0: Well, it's very cool, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show. As you know, being a listener here at Cars, yeah, it's all about inspiring automotive enthusiasts, people who've wrapped that passion for cars into what they're doing, their vocations, their lifestyles. And when I found you and learned more about you, I went, oh, man, this is a great guy to have on the show and, and a fellow podcaster even better, so I can learn a little bit from you as we move through the process here as well. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in informing your life and your success, and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires churning here on Cars, yeah? I know you love to drive, Austin, so
1: take the wheel. Oh, thanks. Recently, my, my main mantra has been, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things, we, we kind of just went out on a whim and went and did a bunch of different things. And the main thing was that I just wasn't content with just sitting around and not doing anything once I left the corporate world. So, uh, And from that, tons of different doors have opened. So I encourage anybody out there that's kind of wondering what to do with their lives, don't sit around. Just get out there and start doing something.
0: You know, I had a guest on recently that uh, his parting thoughts were, if you're thinking about doing something on your own, do it today. Make little steps today to move forward. It may be daunting. It may be so much bigger than you ever imagine
1: what you can do, but if you
0: take that little step each day, and I would assume that's what you've done as you've moved into these different areas with what you're doing with track Tune, right?
1: Yeah, you know, it was, uh, we started with a podcast back when I was still working in the corporate world, uh, and through that, the idea behind our podcast, uh, which is called Slip Angle, was, you know, me and my, my racing friends, we kind of realized that we were sitting around the track talking to each other and having really good, you know, insightful and informational conversations. Sure. So we decided, hey, why don't we record these? Somebody somebody might be interested in listening to them. Yeah. So and and quickly it kind of took off among our friends and then our friends shared it with their friends and uh, it just kind of Spiraled out of control very quickly. <laughs> so, but what was uh, really instrumental for me with that was when I, I left the corporate world, the only thing I really had going at the time was the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I ended up scheduling a road trip and drove from Atlanta all the way out to uh, San Francisco for an event at Laguna Seca. Nice. Yeah, Miatas at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca was kind of the event that kind of kicked all this off. And I I lined up a couple different things on the way, recording with, you know, different guests and things, and then I ended up spending about three weeks in California before driving back. And that was very instrumental kind of in me figuring out what I wanted to do and kind of figuring out this next chapter in my life.
0: It's really exciting. I'm just thrilled for what you're doing. And again, there's a lot of listeners out there in cars, yeah, world that are going, oh, wow, well, Austin kind of figured out how to do it. Maybe I can too. So we'll keep inspiring folks here with your story. Could you share a story with me that instigated your personal passion with cars? I know you're a young man, but is there a time in your life looking back when you really realized that you were a car guy?
1: You know, I'm not sure if I really had a choice growing up. Uh, My dad was always into cars, uh, and I was actually born in Germany. And at the time, my dad owned a couple different BMW, like 2002s and things like that. But he actually bought a 1978 911 SC and Mm. brought it back to the States. Nice. And, you know, it was gray market, so to get it legalized, he had to do a couple different things. And my mom used to take me down to the military base where he was working on it. Uh, and you know, I'd kind of sit there. I don't remember any of this. This is just what was told to me. Um, (laughs) but my dad likes to say that my, my first word was Porsche. Nice. So yeah, so not cat, not dog, but Porsche. (laughs) But I guess one of the, the first memories I really have in a car, uh, that kind of kicked everything off for me, I think, um, was when I was younger, me and my dad were driving that 911, you know, kind of back in some back roads around South Carolina where we lived at the time. And I remember sitting in my booster seat in the front passenger seat, and we were going down this gravel road, so it was kind of dusty, and got to this gate, um, and we had to turn around and do a three-point turn. And, you know, coming back out, the sun was in my eyes, and my dad gave me his sunglasses, uh, you know, and put them on my face. And I was like, you know, this was really cool. This is kind of a cool way to spend time with my dad. (laughs) Very nice.
0: Very nice. Yeah. My listeners will know I'm a big Porsche fan, and my, my, both my kids got some of their first rides and sports cars were in Porsches way back when. Yeah, I understand. I understand. So you got a little bit of that DNA, Porsche, German car, and DNA in your blood. Yeah. I would love to talk a little bit about the road you've driven down and crawl under the hood and talk about some, some big challenges or even better, some really big failures that you've faced, or one in particular. But the most important part of this is how did you overcome that situation? What did it teach you?
1: Probably one of the biggest failures that I had as a driver um, was about a year and a half after I started doing track days. I went to the NASA National Championships. Uh, this was in 2012 uh, at Mid Ohio, and mm-hmm. you know I was I was running some real quick laps. I was actually running against a lot of people that I looked up to and still do. One of them has actually been a guest on our show before. But at the time, you know, I was such a, a new driver. I didn't really understand the mental aspect of the driving game, <laughs> and you know, I was I was running fast laps and everything, watching the lap timer a little bit too close. Uh, and I essentially I broke the track record one lap with a misshift on the back straight, mm. um, you know, and still broke the track record for the class I was in. Nice. And I could see that on the lap timer. But then the next lap around, you know, I I nailed the shift on the back straight. And I saw the lap time drop another half second. I was like, all right, we got this. And then, you know, got a little too anxious up over madness there at mid-Ohio. It's Mm. kind of like a off-camber rise Mm -hmm. and drop. And the car got a little loose on me and ended up going four off and it scrubbed the whole session. So, yeah, so focus was a big thing. I beat myself up a little bit about it for about, you know, two seconds, but realized (laughs) that there wasn't a whole lot that I could do at that point. Uh, and there was no point in getting in getting mad at myself. And I think, you know, over over time, I've gotten really good at accepting responsibility for my actions and realizing that, you know, getting upset about something isn't going to change anything.
0: Yeah. You know, you said a word in there that's really important. And I've mentioned this before to the listeners, FOCUS. And there's a great acronym that I learned from another very successful podcaster, John Lee Dumas at Entrepreneur on Fire. Yeah. The uh, acronym is Follow One Course Until Successful. Focus, staying in that focus, staying in that place. And, of course, on the track, it's so, so important and so easy to lose focus uh, because of all the distractions that are going on. But it's the same in life and the same in business, right?
1: Yeah. You know, I think uh, I was talking to uh, Ross Bentley um, who I believe has been a guest on your show before, Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: you know, about kind of driving. And I actually recently spent three days with him kind of going through some different content that we have coming out. Oh, nice. But the more that I sat there, the more that I realized that a lot of the tips that he had for driving could mm-hmm. really be applied to everyday life. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of my whole life is becoming full circle and focused on driving. And, you know, it's it's keeping me going where I need to go.
0: You know, I see a book there. Uh you think about like Garstein's The Art of Racing in the Rain. How about a book that talks about the combination of driving focus and life focus? Life lessons on the on the track, life lessons in life and business. I see something kind of gelling there. So
1: Yeah, might have to start working on that. There you
0: go. There you go. Get your writing pen out. Austin, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share A career aha moment. You came from, moved from the corporate world, quote unquote, to doing your own thing, this entrepreneurial world. I like to say that your aha moment is the time when those headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new direction, this new idea that you have, which you have certainly a lot of wonderful ideas. Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success.
1: You know, for me, the podcast kind of started just as, you know, two buddies talking and wanting to have something additional to do to provide, you know, good and fun informational content to the community. Because mm-hmm. for those of you that aren't in the, you know, in the kind of track day and club racing organizations, uh there's actually a very strong community there. I like to say that they become your family. You know, depending yep. on where you live, you may spend more time, more weekends with those people at the track than you do with your, your family, your extended family. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so there, there's a lot of community that goes on there. So it started off mainly as kind of a, a way to provide, you know, and give back to the community that was so, so great to me. Yeah. Um, I actually I moved to Chicago a couple years ago for work and lived up there for, you know, for three years and didn't know a single soul when I moved up there. But through tracking in the community, I ended up, you know, finding a whole, you know, a whole welcoming community of of literally thousands of people yeah. at this point that, you know, were there with open arms.
0: It's a small community when you think about it. You and I mentioned that you're working at the the Porsche driving experience, the track there now. And I mentioned Ray Schaefer, who is a future guest here on Cars Yahoo, you just saw the other day. And uh, I met Ray through Brumos, where he worked at Brumos. That's when I had Hurley Haywood on. So, yeah, this world of car people is it's big, but it's tight.
1: Yeah, it really is. And I think once you start getting into it, you start realizing that. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of one of the big, the big aha moments for me. Um, you know, there's a, mm-hmm. a gentleman from the LA area named Matt Farah with the smoking tire. Mm-hmm. And I actually got to go on his show and kind of be with a, a couple different, you know, higher level guests that only a couple years ago, I wouldn't have even thought that I'd, you know, be able to, you know, send an email to and get a response (laughs) but then I'm I'm there on a show with them just like just like with your show yeah it's Um, cool you know it's yeah so it's it's kinda funny I I paid a lot more attention to the the podcast world before we started and you know, you guys actually kind of inspired me to go out and kind of start down this road, which kind of led to some other things, which weren't very clear at the beginning when we first started. So
0: I'm really thrilled to to know that Carjia uh, was one piece of the inspiration that helped you move in this direction. That's why I started this entire concept of Carjia was to inspire others by talking to inspirational people. So there you go. Now you've you've met both parts of the parameters, of course, yeah. Now, how about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many. It could be a track moment. It could be something you're doing in business. But is there one in particular you could share with us?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, for me, one of the big things I, I grew up, my dad is actually Filipino. So having kind of a, an Asian family background, mm-hmm. um, your parents typically don't always support uh, everything that you want to do. <laughs> so for me, you know, the the biggest thing for me was when my my dad actually kind of pulled me aside and told me that he was proud of me. He was he was proud of me before, you know, being in the corporate world. I before I was in corporate sales for a major tire company and then mm-hmm. after that for a chemical company in the automotive restoration and collision industry. Um and things were going well, but it just wasn't really doing it for me. So, um that was kind of the last hurdle for me to be able to to go at this at, almost with reckless abandon. Uh, and try it out for a little bit was getting the approval of my dad. So um, so that was, that was a big thing for me.
0: Very cool. That's a wonderful story. I love that. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you have of that vehicle.
1: Yeah, you know, my, my first car that I had was actually a 1988 Jeep Wrangler Sahara. Um and you know being younger I've had a, a few different cars but this one's kind of the one that stuck out to me the most. Uh huh. You know I I actually got it when I was 14. I got it from my godfather who was you know a colonel in the in the U.S. Army. Nice. Uh, and he was actually shipping off uh, being deployed over to Germany. Um you know for a stint over there. Mm-hmm. And they drove the car down to us in Georgia and you know we purchased it from him for a thousand dollars which is like all the money I had at the time. But I, I learned a lot about cars with that car. My dad actually encouraged me to take auto, you know, high school auto shop. Oh, yeah. uh, so I took three years of high school auto shop when I was in high school, which, you know, kind of seeing the way that things are going these days, I, I kind of hate to see that, you know, auto shop programs are disappearing all around yeah, the country.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: So, and I, I think the fear with a lot of people is that, you know, you get kids into cars and they're going to become mechanics, which there's nothing wrong with that. But from an educational standpoint, people don't always like it so much. Mm. Um, but for me, had I not had high school auto shop, I wouldn't have been able to get that job with that major tire company, you know, you in go. corporate sales. Yeah. So having that that strong technical background with cars really helped a lot in my my corporate professions.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's great. I took auto shop as well in high school, of course, way back when in the 70s. But yeah, it seems to have all but evaporated, which is really kind of sad because people I know that own shops now that work on cars, restore cars, even very high-end shops that do incredible restorations. I've had many guests on the show. Uh, for instance, uh, people from Paul Russell and so forth, and they just can't find those young people that can come in and do the work. And so I love seeing schools like McPherson College that have four-year degrees on automotive restoration because uh, I think we're losing a lot of that technical ability as we move forward. Oh, absolutely. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage?
1: Pretty much all of them. Um, but the, the biggest one probably is the cheapest car I've ever owned. It was a, a 1994 Mazda Miata. I bought it when I, you know, was laid off from my first corporate sales job. Uh, I lost my company car and needed a car to kind of have as a daily driver and at the same time still be able to track an autocross on a budget. And I actually, I shared that car with a lot of people, like literally 25 to 30 of my friends have gotten more than 30 minutes of seat time in that car at various tracks around the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And most of them ended up buying Miatas after that too, so... Uh, that one, that one is probably the one that I have the most seller's remorse over, to be honest. Yeah,
0: you know, I've had a an incredible number of guests on the show that love Mazda Miatas. They race them, they drive them. Uh, really fun, fun cars. And I remember when they first came out way back in the 80s, I believe it was, and a guy that I worked with bought one and let me take it to lunch with him one day and drive it. And I went, man, this is really a fun car. Of course, we were in San Diego, the top was down, sun was out, so that helped a little bit. But great little cars absolutely now let's talk a little bit about what you're doing today and what you're doing in the future you know we're into the new year here and i would love to hear about what some of your plans are that have you really excited and fired up with your business
1: you know the the biggest thing right now is probably that grid life lifestyle event that we were talking about you know it's actually it combines five different pillars we have a high performance driver's education event combined with a grassroots time attack you know invitation only drifting a high level car show and car meet, and a music festival all in one event that's usually three days long.
0: Oh my gosh, that is a handful.
1: Yeah, last year we actually had uh, just over 4,000 people at a club racetrack at Gingerman uh, in South Haven, Michigan. Uh, and this year we actually, just a couple weeks ago, we opened up registration and we sold out all 220 driver spots oh in gosh. less than four minutes. Well,
0: congratulations. That's awesome.
1: So it's, it's one of those things that uh, we, we had a, a strong plan, but like everything else that I'm kind of involved in right now, uh, we just keep pressing on. If things don't work out quite just right, you just keep going.
0: That's fantastic. Now, how can our listeners learn more about this event you have? Is it at your website?
1: Um, there's a little bit at, at our tracktoon.com website, but the, the gentleman that runs everything, his name is Chris Stewart, and he's put together a very nice website at www.grid.life.
0: Great. We'll make sure that's on your show notes page so our listeners can go and learn more about what you're up to. Wow. Fantastic. Sounds like 2016 is going to be a really exciting year for you.
1: Yeah, I I sure hope so.
0: (laughs) I think it will be. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Austin. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why?
1: You know, if I I have to... Put myself in a car form, it would probably be the current car that I'm driving right now, which is a twenty fourteen Jetta Sportwagon TDI with a six speed manual transmission. Ooh, I like it. Uh, a lot of people kind of ask why that car, like that doesn't seem very special. And I kind of respond, Well, I'm not very special. I just do a lot of different things decently. I don't excel at any one one specific thing.
0: I love the way you're answering this because that's the way this question was designed. Yeah. Some people will answer what they wish they were, but I think you're, you've gone down a path here that really paints a picture of who you are really nice. I love wagons, too, myself, so you answered that perfectly.
1: Oh, thanks. <laughs> great. Yeah, I mean, the, the best part about the station wagon is that it can haul a lot of things. It gets great mileage, and since it's built on a, a sedan chassis, uh, it actually handles very well, too. So you can do a lot of different things in it. Uh, I've camped in mine before, so it's taken over you know, camper van status. <laughs> um, I've tracked it. Uh, I also recently on that trip, you know, when I went out to San Francisco, even with the higher fuel prices this past fall uh, than they are now, I got from Atlanta to San Francisco for less than $150. Oh my gosh! So, and that's that's just that, you know, having that diesel efficiency. So
0: yeah, uh, oh, very cool. Love it. Great answer to that question. All right, Austin. Up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front-end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, cars yeah. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. all right, Austin, we are back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer. You know what that means. The white flag is out. And we need to put our foot into it. And I'm going to ask you to answer these questions, give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure am. What's the best automotive advice, I'll include track advice, that you've ever received?
1: Uh, the best advice I've ever received was, you know, in terms of, of driving, uh, which can also lead, you know, into your life uh was that if you keep running laps breaking in the same place and accelerating in the same place expecting a different result you're crazy. <laughs> so, you know, if you keep going through the same motions, you know, especially for your life, if you keep going through the same motions expecting something to change, uh you know, it's just it's not going to work out.
0: The old definition of insanity, I believe, is where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success?
1: Uh, you know, this one probably I can attribute to my dad. Um, back when I was managing a store that he owned uh, when I was in college, he told me to not ask anyone to do anything I wouldn't do myself. Mm. And, you know, I feel like that has gotten me a really long way, uh, With especially with what I'm trying to do now. You know, I, I delegate tasks sometimes to people, but it's always things that I would do myself. If there's something that I wouldn't ask somebody else to do, um, you know, or that I I wouldn't Do myself. I don't ask anybody else to do it.
0: Yeah, you know, having uh, I've run companies with lots and lots of people in them, and when your employees, your associates, uh, whatever you like to call them, see that you're willing to even take the trash out or or do something that they went, wow, you did that. Uh, You gain a lot of respect. I believe. Right. It works really nicely. How about a resource? I know there's lots of great resources out there today. Is there one in particular that you go to often that you think our listeners would enjoy?
1: Um, I'm gonna throw another podcast out there awesome. that uh, a professional racer has been involved with recently, named Ryan Eversley. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started a podcast called Dinner with Racers.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh,
1: and it's all, yeah, it's all about talking to professional racers or people involved in professional motorsport. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one that I I enjoy dry or listening to on my travels.
0: Oh, fantastic, great. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read recently that you think the Car Show listeners would really enjoy reading?
1: Not recently, but you mentioned it earlier. Uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain mm-hmm. by Garth Stein. You yeah. know, that's one that it's probably the only book slash novel that I've sat down and read in a single sitting. <laughs> um, it took all, it took all day, but I just, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, it couldn't be pried from my hands.
0: Yeah. I've had a lot of listeners recommend that book. I've said this before. I've been trying to get him on my show. He, he just won't come on my show. <laughs> Garth, if you're listening, come on, buddy. I think there's a lot of listeners out there and guests that would love to hear what you had to say. So uh, I'll keep trying, see if we can get them here. I'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these great resources on Austin's very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Austin Cabot. Austin's last name is C-A-B-O-T. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and all the guest books in the past are listed with quick, easy links to buy them. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price, Austin, because I'm going to buy you whatever you like, what would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why?
1: You know, uh, for buying this one, you'll probably have to talk to my dad and see how much he wants for it. It's a 1972 Datsun 240Z that we restored together when I was in high school. Oh, nice. Um, There's just something special about it, all the memories that we had kind of, you know, working on it together. We drove from Atlanta up to uh, the Pittsburgh area overnight, you know, and threw it on a trailer and turned around and drove straight back. Uh, That was all while I was in high school, and, you know, there's... That's one of those cars that you just, to me, I can't put a price on no matter no matter what. So that's that's probably the one that, uh, that I would have to have in the garage.
0: You know, so much about cars has to do with history and bringing back those memories. Uh, a lot of people that get up in age buy the cars that they wanted in their youth that they couldn't afford or cars like you just mentioned that they restored with their dad, or their grandfather, or brothers, sisters, whoever it might be. So Very, very cool. Well, I have a feeling that car is in your future then since your dad has it. And hopefully when you go over to the house once in a while, he lets you drive it.
1: Yeah, he does. Thank goodness.
0: (laughs) Very cool. All right. Well, Austin, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars you listeners and with me. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off in the sunset in that 72 Datsun 240Z?
1: Yeah, I mean, the... Final parting advice that I have is just get out there and do stuff. Yes, absolutely.
0: Listen to Austin. That's what he's doing. You can do it too, Cars Yeah, listeners. If you have a passion for something and it involves cars, just start doing it. Get in the driver's seat and drive. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about all the different things that you're doing?
1: Uh, you can find everything that we're doing through uh, www.tracktune.com. And you can find our podcast Slip Angle on the iTunes store.
0: Perfect. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Austin shared with us on CarsYad.com. Just type Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N, into the search bar, and his show notes page will pop right up. Austin, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thanks so much, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Yeah.